Have you ever dreamed of opening a store? Welcome to the Retail Darwin podcast, where we're exploring the evolution of retail alongside industry thought leaders, experts, and partners. From WS Development, I'm Taylor West, here alongside my co-host, Karina Donoso and our producer, Ryan Miller. This special edition series accompanies the Retail Darwin's visual activation at the pop-up incubation project, The Current, in the heart of Boston's seaport. The visual activation outlines nine key steps on how to open a store. In this special podcast series, we're joined by our peers here at WS Development that specialize in each topic, and we hope you'll find inspiration within these conversations. And if you've ever dreamed of opening a store, we want to hear all about it. DM us on Instagram at The Retail Darwin to learn about pop-up opportunities at our project, The Current. First impressions matter. Telling the story of your brand is reflected in how your interiors and exterior appear in our experience. With that comes so many elements to consider as you build your vision for your store. Today, we're speaking to Taylor West and Tyler Newman to break down the process of building out a store. You know Taylor as a host on the Retail Darwin podcast and as a member of the retail experience and incubation team at WS Development. Much of her day-to-day involves working directly with brands in the physical aspects of opening a store. Tyler is on the studio team at WS, focused on the physical planning and design of our portfolio. And I'm so excited to jump in on today's conversation. Welcome, you guys. So fun. Thank you for having me. So fun. Welcome, Tyler. Yeah, I know. Excited. Welcome to the podcast. So let's let's dig into this. So my first question is, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it over to you, Taylor. Mm-hmm. We work with so many new brands that are first to physical space with the goal of bringing their brand to life. How do you begin to help brands conceptualize an interior that speaks to their identity? Yeah, definitely. We always, always start with a mood board to set direction and intention. Um, If you're a brand building that first mood board vision for your store, I recommend just comparing the images and elements you're drawn to to your brand guidelines and your ethos just as a gut check. Um, You're likely going to be drawn to things that make sense for your brand anyway, but it's so helpful to have a starting point. And then you can begin to extract materials, colors, um, forms that work alongside the function of your space based off of what you're building. I love that. And I think we're, we're pretty much like Pinterest power pinners at this point, right? Oh, yeah. I, it's my most used app. <laughs> I think I like text my mom and then go on Pinterest. I love it. I love it. And, and Tyler, I know you know Pinterest very well, too. Like, no one look at my screen time, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, once, so Tyler, then once a design intent is considered, how do you then think about amplifying the customer's experience within the store? Right. So I would say following um, the note on like a mood board, like what we really look at at WS is like, what is the overall emotion that you're trying to capture? Like just beyond fixtures and like physical things, like how are people interacting with the space? Like, what is the overall emotion that sets you apart? And like, you're anchoring yourself in an industry that's filled with so much on the landscape. So how do you define yourself? Um, and I'd say both on the interior and exterior, we push people to advocate as much as possible. Like, how are people exploring your products? Like, what are they supposed to look at? Like, what is the kind of like visual narrative that's guiding you from piece to piece inside mm-hmm. of a store? I, like, I can't think of, like, how many times I, like, walk into a store and I'm just overwhelmed with, like, so much product on display. Like, everything's screaming at me, and I'm just like, this is a lot. Yeah. Sensory <laughs> overload. Let's take a step back. <laughs> but even, like, on the exterior, like, we want people to think about, like, is there, like, a bench or planters that, like, start that conversation to people before you even walk through the front doors? Like, what can you include as, like, the first 
piece of that conversation as to like, hello, like, hi, my name is like so-and-so, welcome yeah. to my store. Mm. Um, and then in the interior, like thinking about that, like window display area, like what are people seeing as soon as they like approach your store? Are there mannequins that like display the clothing that you're showing or are there fixtures or some type of art installation that says like, this is our brand and this is what we care about. And like, I want to know that like before I walk into your store, like what's yeah. that little teaser that I got? Yeah, I love that. And it's so funny you say the, you know, the sensory overload because there's, there's such a fine line you, line you can tell. It's like you want to offer a sensory experience, but you also don't want to like, right. <laughs> like, you know, knock them dead, like when they walk in the door and overwhelm them. So it's, it's such a good point that you make where you have to create this balance for people to really digest exactly what you're trying to present yourself as. And that just goes back to knowing your customer. Yeah. And yeah. what they need from you. Totally. Um, one thing that I think is always so important that I learned from our from our studio team, and, and especially when I got into this space more, was the importance of consistent finishing. It's something that is so obvious that you think that it's like, okay, everything should be, you know, co- you know cohesive. But what I think is so important for brands to think about is making sure their finishes make sense, like getting dressed. You want to make sure your outfit makes sense and, you know, walk out with all these different patterns. It's the same when it comes to fixturing. Right. Definitely. Like there's also nothing wrong with like maximalism. Totally. But at the same time, like for me, like when I get dressed in the day, it's like I want to highlight this like one specific new item that I have. Yeah. And then everything just complements it. And so I think talking about consistency, it's thinking about your store as a hierarchy. Like, is there something that you want people to see first as opposed to like other things? Like looking at like wall colors, like that's kind of, kind of that's going to be in the background. Like you don't want to see that as like a pop in your face, but like mm-hmm. um, display fixtures, maybe it's like a different texture or yeah. like um, a material that you touch as soon as you walk up to it. And like, that's the experience that you want to emphasize to people. It's like, this is the small zone that you've um, kind of been tasked to walk towards. And now you're getting privileged by like looking at like the jewelry that might be on display or like books that are on the table, but things that are kind of secondary, like lighting fixtures or even like wall colors, like that's kind of on the background. And so mm-hmm. thinking about right. the overall, like what do you want to convey as a priority item to your customers and how can every element within your store help you to do that? Of course. And one thing I wanted to ask both of you actually is if you're a brand new business and you're opening up a store for the first time and this isn't something that you've ever done before, what's a like a resource you think that they could lean into um, to help sort of give them a gut check on their direction of their interiors? So um, one platform that I use a lot is called Spoke. It's a, you know, it's a lot of times it's made for residential use um, and it's pretty rudimentary but if you're a first timer that's perfect that's all you need draw the shapes out you can upload your floor plan right in there or dry out yourself um so i'm a big spoke advocate love that yeah it's a newer it's a newer platform as far as i know but um i've adopted it pretty well (laughs) i'm gonna write that down i've never heard of it oh yes yes please yeah my last question for you guys um is about exterior signage so it's it's often the customer's for it is the customer's first interaction with your store. I'm curious to hear from you both how you approach signage. Um, there's so many routes that you can go, so I'd love to hear from you guys how you how you think about that. Yeah, um, I can go first on my perspective yeah. from like the pop up space. Um, we can't speak high enough about the the use of window graphics. I think it's such a beautiful way and easy way to implement 
little moments that is not really too cost prohibitive. It's temporary in nature, but can look very uh, permanent. Um, So we just really like to encourage brands to use those. And sometimes a fun way to implement some personality is by adding your tagline, Um, your marketing tagline. We usually see, you know, hours of operations are perfect to put on window graphics and things like that. But not only does it give your customer uh, an aha moment of like who you are, what you do, it can also give them a peek into your personality. So that's really fun. And I, I know a big one that we always reference is Lunia. Yeah. We had them in Seaport. They are a uh, sleepwear brand and their tagline is good in bed. So that was a really fun, cheeky way to add a little spice to their storefront without it being really crazy. And they did it via window graphics, which was so exciting for so, me. It's so exciting. <laughs> I remember when that went up, the line of people that wanted to just stand in front of that window to right. just get an Instagram photo, which I thought was so. Yeah. It's, it's, and you immediately click. You're like, I know they're a fun brand. Yeah. Like their consumer really resonates with that little like moment. I don't know. It's, it's great. No, yeah. I like that. Like it makes you want more. Yeah. And they're mm-hmm. like, when is this coming? Like, I would need it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So I guess for me, like, I bring both, like, the practicality to signage as well as, like, that, like, personality piece, right. like, the fun, like, emotional aspect of it as well. But, like, um, on the front line of my job, it's, like, what is the legibility of the sign? Like, can people read it? Like, that's the purpose that it's trying to convey, like, what the name of the store is, the tagline. Um, and so, like thinking about it in terms of like how big is a sign like can you see it from across the street sometimes people err on the side of signs being too big so I think there's a nice balance of like it's big enough to get the point across but it's not like the loudest voice in the room mm-hmm. um, and in that same vein it's like maybe the sign is illuminated within the actual sign itself or externally illuminated with like a light fixture that casts um, a light down on the sign and so thinking about like the sign both during the day and at nighttime is super helpful totally um but i think like my biggest advice is for people to just like walk around and see like what other brands are doing because i think the landscape of signage is just so broad there's like no really right or wrong answer yeah. just so as long as like people can actually read what your business is trying to say <laughs> yeah yeah but like on the side of personality like i love the aspect of like brands just coming to us with like new ideas like we want to make this work and we're like yes 100 percent. let's talk to like our sign fabricators and all the people in the business to help you get that dream achieved yeah like that is the biggest like little snack that someone can give me (laughs) (laughs) i love that a snack i love that Uh, i love that but it's just like there's a sign is like your first expression of a brand like it's where you can like really show people your character and like who you're about like if you're fun and spicy like lunia like show me that or if like you're more Mm -hmm. serious and like formal like i want to know that as well and like signage can do all those things for you yeah if you can kind of identify like where things can take place within like the bounding box of like a two foot high sign yeah well it's so funny because brands have i think they really are able to express themselves easier online it's almost like it's less not judgmental but you could see that they always push the edge and i think something that we always want people to consider is like whatever you're doing digitally has to be done physically like that story has to be consistent in all of the different places that your brand is showing up um so I think all of the points that you guys touched on really you know focus in on that specifically that message being like if you're gonna do this you gotta keep it consistent Mm -hmm. all right well it was so amazing to talk with you both I think this is gonna be 
so helpful for brands who are listening in. And, and Tyler, we end all of our podcasts with an icebreaker. It's, it's really fun of us. We like to start it at the end. Okay. Um, so I'm going to pass it over to our amazing Ryan to kick it off. All right. So this is going to this is going to surprise everybody this is, here. This is a surprise question. I'm on the edge of my seat. Surprise question. Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm not prepared. Okay. So, um, so if you need some time thinking, think, and I'll go first because I already know the question. This is the highlight of my job, by the way. <laughs> um, where is it? Okay. What was your favorite TV show or movie as a kid? <gasps> Such a solid question. I have a. I'll go first while okay. you guys think. Okay. Um. There's a movie that I watched recently with my kids that I hadn't seen since I was a kid, and I remembered that I knew every single word to it while I was watching it. It was Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. So good. With Rick Moranis, before Rick Moranis, like, disappeared off the face of the earth. Yep. Um, Disney movie, you know, kids get shrunk by a machine that their father makes. And then if I had to pick a TV show, I remember a TV show that my mom, it was right around dinner time, and I'd be watching it, and she would just be yelling at me to come eat dinner, and it would frustrate me that I had to leave in the middle of Punky Brewster. <sighs> I mean, we're talking when I'm a kid, kid, yeah. young. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, the is there an age was range? Great. Yeah, no. Whenever I, I would say under, uh, under 14. Okay. When you were like a kid. Okay. All right, I'm, I'm ready. All right, let's hear it. Okay. My movie would be... Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. There is nothing. That, okay, you two don't know this movie clearly by their faces. No. You're not seeing their faces, but it is. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. It is such a classic. It's aging us. It's, it's, it's aging, but it's so good. And I feel like it's still relevant. If you guys watch it, you're like, this is fabulous. Um, and then my TV show, Under 14. I don't want to be inappropriate and say 90210, but it's kind of like... Oh, my God. Oh, it's, I love that, though. Oh, it's so good. It That's was so funny. It's so... I can't... Like, Brenda... Classic. Brenda Walsh. I mean, the, all of that. I just... There's not an episode I've missed. We watched that in my house. It's, it's, it's great. Taylor? Um. Okay, this is really hard. Um, Full House was like... I watched Full House every day as a child. The best. Um, would still watch it now. Same. My movie is like really hard for me. Um, I'm like such a big fan of The Grinch, which is so weird. But wait, there's so many versions. Which one? Okay. Well, I wasn't. In the The best one came out most recently, the animated one. But it's like I was like 23, so I, it's like really weird. But I watch it with my niece like religiously. Is and that the one with Jim Carrey? No, that one's that was the one that like came out when I was a kid though, and okay. I was obsessed. I loved that one. I thought that was a good one. Even in July, Christmas in July. Yeah, but that's fun. Yeah, I will say his fingers terrified me as a kid. I was like, I, it's oh, so I, I feel like he set the tone for these long nails that are now out. Like <laughs> so true. Everybody's just copying the Grinch and they don't know it. Yeah, that's really funny. Material girl. Material girl. <laughs> Material girl. <laughs> Oh, okay, this is you're such up, a hard Tyler. Question. It's a great question. It's so fun. Solid. Right. So this might define my personality for people who are listening who have no idea who I am. But my favorite show I think growing up was That's So Raven. Oh, <laughs> that's so good. It's nice to go. meet everyone officially. <laughs> <laughs> I love great. that. Oh that was a great God. show. Chelsea, she was so silly. It was funny and real at the same time. Like, it touched on topics that were, like, social. And then it was just where I got my sauce. So Yeah, I love her. So, What's your movie? 
Oh, my movie. Oh, so this is controversial, but I think it is in the time frame of like 1 to 14. Okay. Mulan number two. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't know that. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that. It's polarizing. I feel like people who are it's like pol- very just into Mulan, like the first one, were just like number two is just atrocious. Like nobody watched it. And I was like, I like the music. Oh. I am, <laughs> I am I a hundred like, and I have no idea. I feel like you guys, you have kids. You oh, is this a Disney movie? Mm-hmm. Mulan was Disney like one, animated. I would say that Mulan... Sorry, Disney. Mulan's like one of my least favorite of them. But if there's a better version of Mulan, two, I will watch clearly. that. Well, so two, like the, the if the, the music's songs, good, I'm into that. They're yeah. just so catchy. Yeah, that's and all like, my kids care about is singing. That's and that's all I really care about too. So I'll, I'm gonna check it out. There's like one where it's like I want to be more than just a princess, and I knew <laughs> every single word of it. I probably still do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna check it out when I go home. I'm always looking for a good movie oh, to put on. I'm gonna tell my husband that. <laughs> That's amazing. Every time he gets mad at me, I'm going to be like, That's your homework. I want to be more than just a princess. (laughs) That's funny. All right. Guys, thank you so much. This was really fun. This was awesome. Thanks, guys.